0: Well, I'm recording an intro for the Let's Go Eat show, and then when this gets put on to the Let's Go Eat show, the uh, episode will drop.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> That's what you say when you do it a podcast, apparently. The episode drops.
1: Yeah, yeah. it drops. Okay. We're going to drop it on them.
0: Uh, but first of all, let me tell you that the Let's Go Eat show is created and produced on a PC laptop's computer. New computer starting at just $7.99. PC laptops. We love you.
1: Speaking of PC laptops, uh,
0: yeah, the guest yeah. on this uh, episode of the Let's Go Eat Show is the guy who you most often hear saying, uh, at PC Laptops, we love you. It's Dan Young of PC Laptops. We talk about the creation of PC Laptops and how that all happened, but, but so, so, so much more. You see the serious side of Dan Young, of PC Laptops in this episode. I find him to be a very warm, sincere, and engaging guy.
1: Yeah,
0: he's a sweet guy in a lot of ways, yeah. and and he's he,
1: different than I thought he'd be.
0: Yeah, he's and he's uh, pretty much he's damn smart, very smart, and he's very uh, a very very nice man. You know, we uh,
1: talk a lot about business and what makes him tick, and I think we never really said it, but I think he just works really hard all the time.
0: I guess so. He seems, to, yeah, harder than I do for sure. Sure. Uh, uh, well, so anyway, we talked to Dan Young. I'm sorry to report, by the way, during this episode of the Let's Go Eat show, I don't think there are any, there's no swearing. No, I don't, I don't think, think so there either. was one, nope. one damn don't, swear yeah. word. Good. I'm sorry to report so you could have your kids listen to this if you want. That's, that's terrible. That's too bad. I feel really bad about this. There is no adult language used. So, yeah. sorry. Take it for what it is, but without further ado, here it is. Uh, it's uh, Dan Young, PC Laptops. We love you. Is he, is he here?
2: Yeah, he's in Sandy. Yeah. High energy guy. Is he? Yeah, he's just very talkative.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, uh, you know, by the way, we've already probably started this podcast. Oh. That's how we do it. Right. Dan yeah. Young, PC. We, there's no formal beginning to the Let's Go Eat show. You just go. and, and uh,
1: We don't even eat on it very much anymore.
0: Well, we do sometimes uh, Dan Young PC laptops is, is who we're talking to um, who is a, a high energy guy as we all know although we, we're just sitting here chatting and you've been kind of really laid back yeah a couple of minutes we've been here you're calm although we both have coffee yeah his is an Americano
2: yes extra power I asked her for extra powerful <laughs>
0: have you <laughs> sure. ever been here to this this building to the and uh, the pub that's what it's called the public. The coffee shop, public coffee.
2: Yeah, I haven't been there, but uh, I'll keep going back. It's good coffee. Nice people. Nice people.
0: Uh, We're we're recording this. uh, Let's go eat show in at Pod Space, and uh, we're going to talk to just we're going to just find out what makes Dan Young, who he is today. Uh, You see him on TV all the time doing crazy commercials for PC laptops. You see him online. You do a lot of commercials online for PC laptops, don't you?
2: Yeah, online's been. Pretty popular, you know, for for a lot of our companies that we have. Um, but you know, we really embraced traditional media as well, um, because I think it all works. It just depends what uh, you know, what demo you're targeting mm-hmm. and how you want to target. You
0: you do you still do a lot of radio? You do TV? You do online? Uh, you? I haven't seen you do any skywriting. No skywriting. <laughs> that would be cool. <laughs> yeah. However, look into yeah. that. Uh, uh, you know, and have you ever done the thing where not skywriting, but where you have a plane tow a message behind, you know, where they,
2: you know, where they'll tow a big banner behind a plane and fly around an event. That's, that's been a while. That reminds me when I was a little kid back in the, you know, late seventies and at the beach in California right, and you yeah. go, look, mm-hmm. Skyrider. Yep. Oh my goodness, Sky yeah. Rider. <laughs> yeah, you
0: see him flying back and forth across the beach. And a blimp once in a while. Yeah, advertising probably <laughs> yeah. suntan lotion or a beer maybe or something well, like that.
1: Well, now it's usually um, web just web addresses or even just uh, Twitter handles for products and things. Oh, wow. It's, yeah.
2: So that's still a thing though, you see those? You yeah. still do occasionally.
1: I, I always try to think about like, so that guy's job, he gets up every day, goes to the airport, they... Hooks a bat and then he flies up and down boring. the beach all day. Boring. Or is it just incredibly
0: beautiful all day? No, it's boring. You think it's boring? I don't all know. <laughs> so, so you, so Dan, uh, you grew up in Southern California. Where in that Sherman Oaks area, and then you're the beach area near Redondo Beach. What's your so your your mom and dad, uh, who are both here in in Utah now? Yeah. But
2: they they were they they didn't grow up there, did they? Uh, they grew up in Los Angeles, well, as as teenagers. They all came here from China um, during the World War II stuff, <laughs> and they came to uh, California. Uh, to me. get to get away from the war? Yeah, to get away from a lot of the crazy stuff that was happening.
0: Now, were they a little You just told me, I don't know if we were recording or not, your dad's 88. Yeah. So I don't know how Was he just a little He was a little kid. Teenager. He was a teenager during World War II. Mm-hmm. And he and he's got, wanted to get away from the war, so he came here with his parents.
2: Yeah, I would No, 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 no. Just by just him, and he came here, and then my mom came here, and uh, he got a job cleaning floors at General Motors as a janitor <laughs> in Los Angeles. In Los Angeles, and then he got recruited by the U.S. Army to create uh, uh, propaganda for the U.S. Army. <laughs> to drop leaflets over different countries so he was designing all those pamphlets for the army he worked for the army for a long time what
0: a brave thing to do though come here by himself he, did he have to kind of sneak to sca- escape something or did it was it was it a, a legal flight out of china a legal escape from the country or did he come here did he have to f- I mean, I don't know. What were the circumstances of
2: him coming here? Do you know? Yeah, so my grandfather was the ambassador from for China to Japan pre-World War II. Not good relations between those uh, two countries oh, at the man. time. So literally, um, they tried to get him to work for some of the new regimes, and he refused. Mm. And, um, your, dad, your dad, or your grandfather. grandfather. So they yeah. blew up their house, confiscated everything. I mean, it was Jeez. pretty crazy. Um, and so my dad... This is how his ties to the army went a little bit. He helped a lot of American soldiers with different things in China, and they're like, uh, "We'll get you. We'll get you to the U.S., man." And thanks for helping us. And, and they did. Yeah, and so he ended up in California. And, and
0: did he know your mother in China? He knew her in China. They or, met in Los Angeles. Okay, so she yeah. she came here by a different route. Yeah, and they met in in Los Angeles. This is a great damn story. <laughs> Have you have you told this story much to,
2: uh, to anybody? Or uh, I don't think it's no, not not. I don't think in any podcast. Not super deep, really. Yeah. I mean, it's a crazy upbringing that they had. I mean, people in China were being executed in the streets. I mean, it was crazy. And yeah. my mother told me they used to um, they poisoned all the 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 kids' food, the rice bins for the orphanage. Like soldiers, uh, the enemy soldiers were doing that. I mean, they were just crazy atrocities she me? was in an orphanage mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. didn't know her parents really she did but you know in China she uh, she had like uh, eight brothers and sisters and mainly girls and girls were not kind of expendable <laughs> yeah they weren't treated well yeah so uh, she was actually triplets two of her sisters they just threw them in the threw them in the dumpster literally at the hospital and my uh, her grandmother pulled her out Mm. So crazy, no yeah. crazy story.
0: We went to an orphanage, and uh, yeah, God, I I want to interview your parents too.
2: <laughs> They've been through it. Oh my God! Yeah. So
0: she made her way to Los Angeles. She meets your dad in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. uh, and they're they're pretty much really young teenagers, or in their twenties, and they get married there. And your dad is, they're poor, and we're pretty poor, <laughs> but they start having a family. Yeah, how many siblings do you have?
2: One brother, one sister, yeah uh, and but they start doing pretty well. My dad was uh, an artist, so uh he worked for Mattel for a while, and uh when he did good on his campaigns, like he worked on the Barbie doll campaign, mm-hmm. he did really well, got some good bonuses, sometimes things were tough, and then at a certain point in time, he got laid off, and that's when we went really poor i mean mm-hmm. we were we were counting change to uh to buy groceries it was pretty. Crazy.
0: Yeah. But you, you so you consider yourself like a middle, kind of a middle class Chinese American kid. Yeah, middle class
2: and then uh, spouts of massive poverty <laughs> yeah, uh, where, you know, we were broke and lost our house and there's... <laughs> you remember that? Oh, horrible. Like my, my parents were crying. My mother was crying because she didn't know how to feed us. It was, it was pretty bad.
0: Uh, they spoke uh, Chinese in the house?
2: Yeah. Uh, in the house, no. In fact, they said we don't, want our children to speak chinese in the house because if you're going to get along in america people shouldn't be able to tell whether you're chinese or you know you're born Mm -hmm. here in the u.s Mm -hmm. wherever you're from you should be able to negotiate like the locals if we're going to live here Mm -hmm. and it doesn't mean though they didn't like us learning some chinese Mm -hmm. but uh english would be our first language yeah and
0: uh yeah so so i assume you know a little chinese but not a lot just a little, a bit, little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and how are you? What? Where do you fall in the order of kids? Are you youngest? You're the youngest. Yeah. Are you kind of the, kind of the little the baby of the family? Like they do they treat you <laughs> kind of like they dote on you and
2: yeah, spoil yeah, you and the seven years you know seven years later.
0: They I, so so your bro- older brother and sister they're they were kind of they've they moved on a little bit and and here comes here comes little daniel is it daniel yep yep daniel there's little daniel and they you are sort of <laughs> i bet you were kind of you're, you're you're the favorite
2: uh in a lot of ways uh-huh. i mean they you know raise another another kid right yeah <laughs> what are
0: your, what do your siblings do what are your
2: my they're both geniuses when it comes to academics my sister's like master's degree my brother's like a says psych, psychology degree master's degree they're super smart. There, I never made it with academics. I I think I had a 1.2 GPA <laughs> through high school and mm-hmm. little college, you know.
0: And do they end up what do they end up doing for the, for a living the your brother and sister.
2: So brother he's a writer and uh he he writes like meditational uh, meditation programs and things and he loves it. Is he here or in LA?
0: Boulder, Colorado. Boulder. Oh, the the heart yeah. of hippy dippy meditation and yeah, he's like a Chinese hippie. He's awesome. <laughs> Is he really? Yeah, yeah he's cool. He's yeah. got the
2: big ponytail and really cool. He's he owns yeah. meditating. He 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 like levitates himself. Does he <laughs> he's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then sister, she went into um, she ran a medical practice for her husband, and mm-hmm. they just retired. They sold it and did pretty good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What is it, uh, so they're bright, very bright. Is What is it about the Chinese, there's this kind of Asian or Chinese stereotype, that, uh, the prize of learning, and you know what I mean, and they really uh, want to pursue, the, it's like the parents, you know, you've got to learn, you've got to be academically, uh, uh, you've got to be academically successful, uh, there seems to be a demand on that. What?
2: How does that play out? Did your parents demand that? My parents at first demanded that from my brother and sister but because I was such a delinquent they kind of gave up on that concept <laughs> mm-hmm. you, you broke them yeah. you broke their spirit well my dad was an artist remember and, yeah and so he's like man you got to do what you love you know you you don't have to do anything Dan do anything you want but do amazing things you know mm-hmm. so they were very lo- low pressure I mean they wanted me to go to college and get this degree and I ended up getting it by the way mm-hmm. um, but uh you know the main premise was be happy and make it be a good human
0: i saw i saw something that you had said about you had a, a period of your life growing up in la where there were you were there were temptations of life that you were you could have gone down and maybe started down some wrong yeah paths with with uh, uh, gangs and stuff in your neighborhood
2: talk about that a little bit yeah well as a child um I didn't have a really big physical stature. I was kind of a skinny kid, you know, runt kind of dude. Um, and I was bad acad- academically. So sometimes when I was little, kids actually would would call me retard. They're like, dude, you can't play sports. You're getting Fs, you know. So I was always the last kid picked on the team and stuff and just had was scared to talk to people, very introvert. And then um, I met this guy named Tony, and he's like, man, you hang out with us? you're gonna be pretty safe, popular. Mm-hmm. We'll get you a car, we'll get you money. You can have everything you want and no one will ever bully you again. So I started hanging out with those guys and it was true. Mm-hmm. Um, but we got into some big trouble uh, because all that didn't come without a price. Uh, but it taught me how to be extrovert a little <laughs> bit and mm-hmm. it taught me how to be fearless. And it got me a little materially motivated at a young age because we were so poor and it's literally come from my poor i remember i came home and i gave my mother four thousand dollars in cash i go mom here you can buy food mm. where does that like, four thousand bucks come from i'm like oh we're selling t-shirts at the beach mom mm. and uh she's like oh thank you for helping us make a big difference so mm. i saw my mom happy and and then it came to this big thing where we got in trouble is we were only 15 years old mm-hmm. i was only 15. And we got in this big trouble. We went. I went to juvenile hall, and that was that was the big come to Jesus mm-hmm. moment. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You weren't selling T-shirts at the beach, were you? Uh, we were doing dumb things, yeah. so. <laughs> very very stupid teenager stuff. So yeah. I mean,
0: but you like, but you you did like the material lifestyle. You found out.
2: Well, it felt good to be yeah. needed and valued, and be able to sell people stuff and make people smile and. Mm-hmm. And those kind of things. And and ironically, though, we did sell. And this is funny, because I, I would not lie to my mother. We did sell. We had a beach stand, my friend Dennis and I. And we would buy knockoff uh, guest jeans mm-hmm. and shirts that said, like, Nike and Adidas. Yeah. yeah. And we had this little T-shirt stand. And we would hawk these at the beach as teenagers. Mm-hmm. And we'd actually make pretty good money doing this. And people were like, you know, oh, that's pretty nice merchandise. <laughs> so we sold a lot of apparel too. Mm-hmm. So that was yeah you know yeah but you were
0: headed in the wrong direction, very wrong. Why do you why <laughs> do you think you're not because you're not a dumb guy obviously? Why, why do you think what what was your problem academically? Do you think
2: have you figured that out? Uh, I didn't know the why, so none of the teachers told me why. I was like, and now I actually realize the why. So with math, I failed algebra f- five times. Hmm. And I was like, "Why do I need this? Why, why?" And no one ever told me why. Mm-hmm. They were just like, "You need to do this." So, mm-hmm. but now when I'm running my companies, um, this math that I learned finally I passed it and did really good. It's a beautiful gift to be able to forecast what's going to happen with investments, mm-hmm. with this mathematics. You
0: understand it now.
2: Well, yeah, but I wish they told me that when I was little. Like, you can make a lot of money with this math stuff. But I thought, <laughs> "What? When am I ever going to use this?" Mm-hmm. So. uh yeah, that was it. The second thing is distractions, you know. I couldn't hold still in class. Remember they used to write put a check by your name? I don't know if when you're a little kid they'd be like, Dan or Bill, you're talking too much. Yeah. Uh, write your name on the board. You get three mm-hmm. check
1: marks and then you have to go to the principal's yeah.
2: office. You know, the bad part about it, though, is back then when I was little, they used to actually physically spank you when you got sent to the principal's mm-hmm. office. So they had the wood shop dude. I remember his name, Mr. Hogan. He had a wood paddle with like these air holes drilled holes, to it. Yeah. <laughs> dude, and the dude would like beat the crap out of me. And after a while, I would just laugh. I'd be like, okay, let's go, man. <clears throat> and, he, you know, he'd hit me with it. I'd be like, whatever. You know I mean? Mm. And uh, so it was weird how they used pain, but they just wouldn't explain to you what the whole point was. You know, uh, it was strange, but mm. that that was life back in the – 70s and 80s right <laughs> so
0: so so finally you
2: come around So, how did you end up here in, in utah so my sister worked at the university of utah she was an academic advisor mm. and so when i had my little juvenile hall you know stint when i got out of there i, I had a choice my parents actually said you know hey what are you gonna do my sister's like yo, yeah, you know you should move in with me so she took me under her wing moved me in there and they she, sent you to utah yeah, said, lived with her, and she helped me. Like she's smart, and she helped me. She's an advisor, so she helped me plan life a little, which was cool because no one ever did that. Mm. So it was awesome.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so you you started going to school here and living with your sister, and
2: yeah, I went to Highland mm-hmm. High School here in Utah, and uh, was living with her. And then you know, really, I didn't have any money though, um, and I didn't want to mooch off of her. And eat all her food in her fridge, and. She didn't let me borrow her extra car. She had this beat-up Toyota Corolla with 200,000 miles. And she's like, you can borrow this. And then her husband started getting really sick of me. She's like, this is not our kid. This is your your delinquent brother. So I got a a job selling carpet cleaning by calling people's phone numbers out of the phone book and literally dialing them on the phone Mm -hmm. and selling carpet cleaning. And I got really good at it. Uh, And so I was able to get my own apartment which was pretty cool after a few months. You're a good salesman. Yeah, just call people. Hey, need your house cleaned? And mm-hmm. people would be like, sure. I'm mm-hmm. like, we got a special. Do you want to do it? We can book you. Mm-hmm. We'd go clean it. And they were happy and book more. Mm-hmm. So pretty easy. Yeah.
0: yeah? Yeah. You have a good, I mean, you're casual about it. And, you know, you go go clean people. They get good at it and do it. And so you made enough money to do that. And then you, you get through high school. And then what do you do? So then I started
2: selling um electronics at a place called Radio Shack, you can mm-hmm. remember they sure. just went out of business, but I worked used- at a
1: Radio Shack for a month and a half.
2: Did you, it was mm-hmm. fun, huh? Yeah, no, yeah, it was <laughs> awful. <laughs> we would sell fuses and stuff, but well, you got your, you enroll people in the battery club, yeah, mm-hmm. in, the, in the red battery and the blue batteries. Mm-hmm.
1: When I worked there, it was like it was very clear their days were numbered, and it mm-hmm. was all about selling cell phone plans.
2: Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. Was, oh, well, that was more recent then. Yeah, this was mm-hmm. a few years ago. Ours was helping the fix-it-yourself dude mm-hmm. and the uh, new computer yeah. enthusiast get their First computer. Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's when Radio Shack was cool. Yeah, and build, like, their own radio. Remember? Yeah. The radio mm-hmm. kit with crystals and mm-hmm. stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. Was it a Tandy company? Yep. It was a... T- you know, Tandy company was also... They did leather work. The other part... The Tandy company, they did, like, made moccasins and... Yeah, weird, And, huh? and wallets and Tandy crap leather. like that.
2: Yeah, yeah Tandy <laughs> leather. It was weird. So that, that was good, but I met one of my mentors there, actually. He was an old guy that just liked to do nerdy scientific stuff. Mm-hmm. And I kind of became his computer guy and... He mentored me on how to make a lot of money, and this this old guy was worth hundreds of millions of dollars. He used to come into, uh, I worked in Valley Fair Mall, Mm -hmm. and he used to come into Valley Fair Mall and be like, Dan, let's sit down and talk about computers, and then he'd be like, let me me show you how you can make a lot of money by investing. Hmm. And so I started investing at 18 years old, Hmm. and uh, it was pretty cool. Just in little little stocks, little penny stocks, or what? Um, Stocks, but also real estate. I bought a duplex in Sugar House. I remember he's like, "What do you what What are you doing? Where are you living?" I'm like, "I'm renting," and so I bought a little duplex. I remember for fifty grand, fifty two grand, and rented half of it out to a friend. You lived in one side, and I lived in one side. Mm -hmm. But his rent payment covered the mortgage payment. Mm -hmm. And then, like two years later, some dude comes in and offers like 180 grand for it, and I was like, "What?" Mm -hmm. And then the real estate guy's like, "Yeah, buy some more," and I'm like, "Okay, so." Mm It was all by chance, really, meeting this cool dude, and, hmm. and then he taught me about you know investing in the stock market and, and those things. And hmm. I didn't have that much money. You know, I only made like seventeen grand a year at Radio Shack, but mm-hmm. uh, every month I'd save a few hundred bucks, a couple hundred bucks.
0: You know? <laughs> and it was and it, uh, just and it was just a chance meeting with this customer at Radio Shack. Uh, great old dude, man. Hmm. Yeah. Sit down and
2: still around? Ah, uh, no, I think it, it's been so many years. Hmm. But he was cool. He would bring me a. Uh, you know that place in the mall, what was it, a hot dog on a stick? Yeah, still there, I think. Yeah, he would like bring over here, hey man, you know, we have the computer, I brought you some food. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, thanks, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. Great education. Mm-hmm. That's better than, that was better than all the college I did.
0: Yeah. So you, uh, but you, and you were going, did you go to college at the same time you were doing all this?
2: Yeah, Salt Lake Community College, because when you have a low GPA, they're a little more accommodating. Yeah.
0: That's it, you know. Uh, Salt Lake Community College. I've come to, uh, you know, know a lot about them over the years, just from being in radio, you know, and you kind of, you do ads for them. You get to know some of the people who go there. It's a really, go- it's a great place. Great school, yeah, mm-hmm. wonderful because you can work and learn. Mm-hmm. If yeah, they'll, and they'll do things around your schedule, and yeah. So you went to Salt Lake Community College, worked at worked at Radio Shack, and yeah. ate at hot dog on a stick, <laughs> invested in real
2: <laughs> estate and stuff, well,
0: all at the same time.
2: Yeah. Met my wife at college at, at nineteen. Yeah, which was cool. The, that's, wom-
0: the woman you're still married
2: to today. Yeah, I mean best wow. best thing about college ever. Yeah, um, because I remember when we started our. Well, let me go to the next thing. I went to work at this place called Silo, which is like Best Buy. I remember at the Silo stores. Yeah, and I be- and I was the crappiest salesman there. Actually, they had five thousand people, and I was like forty two hundred. <laughs> i was so horrible why but i still made 20 grand a year instead of 17 so it was a raise yeah
0: well you're a pretty good salesman
2: why were you so bad at silo um i don't know i just didn't get the knack of it and and i talked to this this guy named ron this crazy guy from texas who used to smoke two packs a day my boss (laughs) and he'd be like sally you're gonna make me look bad and literally that was his voice you're gonna make me look bad so and he would pull you out literally in the hallway and if you didn't sell he would Take this he would smoke these cool cigarettes and blow this cloud of smoke in your face <laughs> with all the spit, yeah. Oh. And he'd be like, You're making me look bad, son. And I go, What do I do, Ron? I mean, what do you want me to do, man? And he's like, Look at the list, these are the top three guys. And I know these guys still today, so he gave me the name of the top three guys this guy, Mike, uh, Manny, and Jason. <laughs> these guys were making almost um, six figures, really. Yeah, as like- It's like
0: someone, as I recall, they sell washing machines and- uh,
2: Camcorders. Camcorders. I mean, it was computers. like a little bit of everything. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. everything. Like, yeah. like a Best Buy kind of Yeah. And so those three guys, I took them to a hamburger. He goes, take them, take them out. Learn. I'm like, so I took them all to eat, and they taught me their skills. And within- um, What was the secret that they had that you learned? Each one had a skill. Yeah. But not one had all. And so, for example, Manny was sell the value of the warranty that comes with buying a, a product here, you know. S- let people know what they're actually buying. Don't just rush them along and mm-hmm. try to take their money. Like, let them know so they're getting something really for what they're paying for. Okay. Mm-hmm. Jason, uh, Manny was all, is all about features and benefits people got to know what features are on that gadget and how it's going to make their life yeah, better. Yeah,
0: I'm a features guy. I like I like to know about the features. That's me. Yeah.
2: And then uh, Jason Robles, he actually still sells Jeeps out here in Utah. He mm-hmm. he just taught me, man, like be friends with everybody, be the most likable guy in the world, ask them about their family and care, mm-hmm. like care about people. So I just combined all three and then became number 1 out of 5,000 people. Mm-hmm. And you know, balance between number 1 to 3 mm-hmm. with those guys for mm-hmm five years
0: all four before. of you kind of became the
2: yeah but it was cool man because they were just like here's the recipe yeah <laughs> and it was, i didn't have to change myself that much just did it
0: yeah um, it, well. just uh, i i'm i'm really enjoying this story i gotta tell <laughs> uh, tell you dan this is a this is a great story Thank you. uh what, how's your fan and so when did you get married to your uh, wife that you met at uh, salt lake community college you met her at age 19
2: 19 years
0: old you were 19 did you get married right away
2: uh, after six months yeah
0: So you're like 20, you get married?
2: Well, I met her early 19, just turned 19, then we got married at 19. (laughs)
0: That's not supposed to work, you know. Yeah. It's not supposed to work out. Yeah. You get married, you're 19, 20, you're... You have no idea how much I'm enjoying this, by the way. (laughs) It's crazy. She's so awesome. No, uh, I just am enjoying this because I say that's not supposed to work out, and you're so uh, genuine, by the way, when you say... Yeah, but it does, and it's a yeah. it's 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 real. I like it. It's more because of her
2: how patient she was.
0: Probably <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't because of me. <laughs> it's probably true. Yeah. Uh, so you get married, uh, you're working at Silo, uh, you're doing all of this stuff. You're still going to school. You start a family right away.
2: Um, no, didn't No, have, you, you didn't waited, waited for a while for like seven years after. Yeah, that's there was a smart move. <laughs> but but Ron, the, you know remember the smoking boss. Yeah, yeah. He's like Dan. I got bad news for him. Like what? He goes, we're screwed. I'm like, what? He goes, the company that owns this out of England, bankrupt. Mm-hmm. Next week, no job. Liqu- liquidation sale. Yeah. You get to stay through the sale? And I'm like, yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. He goes, what are you going to do? Go work at Circuit City <laughs> like everybody else or R.C. Yeah. I go, probably. Mm-hmm. And he goes, you shouldn't. And I go, why? He goes, because you're better. And I go, what do you mean I'm better? He goes, look, I'm going to give you the list of all the customers that you sold extended warranties and computers too. And I want you to call these people. I'm like, okay. So I gave me this list of just the customers I had sold computers because we had rapport. Mm-hmm. And I called them and I said, hey, you know, you've probably seen this company's announced they're going out of business. Here's my pager number. I got a pager. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I want you to page me if you need help with your computer and I'll call you back and I'll come out or whatever and honor honor the warranty. And my wife's like, why are you doing this? And I go, because Ron told me to do this. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, Ron, he's an idiot. I'm like, no. Mm -hmm. I go, this is good. She's like, well, I guess you can do this. And so that first year we lost, I lost 25,000, more than 25 grand. It was all our savings that we had made on like that first house. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had some equity, you know, so we had lost, I lost all that. And I was thinking, I was this close to becoming a heating and air conditioning salesman. Mm-hmm. I was actually gonna go do it. I heard it was good money, you know. Yeah, sure. And then uh suddenly this this next year my phone my beeper started going off the hook and it got busy. I mean, people were saying, Hey, I wanna buy stuff, the businesses, like and and it was incredible. Uh and then one customer bought hundreds of these three thousand dollar really powerful computers and I remember Like, we had made literally like $100,000 in a deal. And then that year, we ended up writing a million dollars in business. Hmm. And then my wife's like, good thing you listened to Ron.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So so Ron said, call these people. So what you set up kind of your own company out of just calling those people.
2: You set up your own company? Is that how that worked? Yeah, a little LLC. And my pitch was simple. Let's say it was you, Bill. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, hey, Bill, Dan... Over here at Silo, mm-hmm. uh, as you've heard, we're going out of business. Mm-hmm. You bought a computer for me. You've been a client for years. I have your paperwork here. Here's my pager number. Look, if you need computer help, I will honor any labor or anything like that for free. Mm-hmm. If you need to buy parts, I got to charge, you, but I'll give you a good deal. You know. Mm-hmm. But uh, just call me, okay? If you need anything, and, mm-hmm. and you know, you'd be like, cool, all right, all right. And, then,
0: and so you know, would be, <laughs> people would call you occasionally for parts, and where do we, where would you you just get the parts wholesale
2: and I pick up the parts mm-hmm. wholesale, and then um install it mm-hmm. you know and you know that's where i came with the lifetime service guarantee thing i'm like hey you you buy a computer for me i will do the labor for you for free forever you know i will need to make money on parts so i can stay in business right but i'll take care of you and you can page me any and, but pretty soon i was working 100 hours a week <laughs> and i had to hire help yeah.
1: yeah and so but so these people you know they buy the computers from you and you're kind of fixing them Making a little bit of money on a part here and there, and then they start saying, Well, I want to upgrade to a whole new computer, and then you start selling that's them. when you
2: start making money.
1: That's when you start selling them whole new computers,
2: yeah. And it was interesting. I remember, um, do you know Tony Toscano? Yeah, so Tony used to own a computer store called QED, okay, and quite easily done. It's uh-huh. funny years back, <laughs> yeah. And I and I started thinking to myself, Hey. I got all these other computer guys out that have computer stores and they're buying parts and they're paying X number of dollars for it. What if I took all this money and bought crap loads of parts, put it in my basement and I could get it cheaper, still sell it to them cheaper than they could buy, deliver it instantly and uh, make a little markup. I told them, like, hey, I got to make 20% on you, man. But, and they're like, look, as long as it's cheaper than when I buy it somewhere else, 10%, I'll buy from you. So all these computer stores started buying their parts from me so we kind of became a, uh, a part supplier gotcha. as well as taking care of the engine. Yeah. But it lowered our cost of goods immensely and it actually became the demise of all those guys reselling because our pricing was so aggressive yep. that I mean we could sell it for what places were buying for, yeah. you know. You
0: so so then you had a uh you were associated with totally awesome computers. Yeah, you want to hear the story? Yeah, tell us that story too. How did that all come about? And uh, and it was Dell, Shonzi, and all, and totally awesome computers and PC laptops. How
2: did that all happen? So I had a store in Night South, three twenty-five East. It's a tattoo shop now, mm-hmm. um, and that's we got that space. It was only a few hundred dollars a month, um, and then Dell owned a shipping store next door called the Pack and Ship Store or something. And uh, he used to come over after work to play video games from us, and he bought computers from us. Um, and, uh, and that was kind of his, his thing. And then one day I went to visit him and he had some sort of sign it said, you know, computers for sale, you know, and his pitch was, uh, hey, you can, same computers Dan is selling for less money next door, you know, and I'm like, what? <laughs> hey. I'm like, dude, I'm like, this is kind of weird. <laughs> mm-hmm. So to make a long story short, I wasn't pleased with that. He was partners with his brother. And then I said, dude, this is just really weird. Like. And he's uh, and then finally I said, why don't you move your shop, you know, maybe at least a few buildings down or something? <laughs> or uh, I don't know. So him and his brother moved to Redwood Red Road in 54th. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't – I didn't like the way that went down. I had a bad taste in my mouth for yeah, years. Yeah, why are you doing this to me? What, I yeah. just felt like, wow, I came and learned all my secrets and then yeah. opened up next door for an advertised $50 less. That was mm-hmm. weird. So um, we weren't – we were at, not talking too much. Finally I reached out to him and I said, hey – Uh, And he opened – he expanded a lot quicker than me. He was maybe a little more courageous. I'm a little more conservative. And then I I said to him, hey, uh, I really don't want to do desktop computers. I just want to do laptops. I'm changing my company. We were called Elite Systems. I I wanted to change it to PC laptops because I felt mobile was the future, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So I sent him – all of my desktop customers. And I think he racked up, I don't know, an extra $5 million in business that year because mm. I gave it to him. Mm-hmm. Jeez. And he goes, you can have laptops. Laptops are the most headache in the world because none of the parts are universal. Yeah. So that's why PC laptops became PC laptops. And then about 2006, um, he ran into you know a bunch of different problems, a whole bunch of them, and he was forced to close his stores. And so uh, I took over the, some of the leases and hired probably half his guy almost half his guys his best ones mm-hmm. I couldn't hire everybody brought him on board and and that's how, uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's, how <laughs> that's it that's how we happened. Yeah. yeah
0: there was some I knew there was some sort of loose association with it I think I think it was um people that assumed you were the same business at one time and that never was the case really
2: I have to give him credit though I mean a lot of people think you know he's um, crazy or whatever But inside, there's good to everybody. And there's a good part to his heart. I mean, some of the stuff he does is crazy. But Mm -hmm. very much, there's some good parts to his heart. And the one thing that is this. I used to dress up in a suit when I advertised and say, we have great computers and we're going to take care of you. Mm -hmm. And we did good. We did a million dollars. But then he's like, dude, people are not like that anymore, man. You got to let loose. They won't trust you if you look like an insurance salesman, (laughs) you know, or Mm -hmm. men in black or whatever. I'm Mm -hmm. like, okay, what do you mean? He goes, just put on your Hawaii shirt because that's how you are. Get on there and do funny stuff and make people laugh. If you entertain them, I mean, just be you, they're going to love it. So I'm like, okay. And I thought, I really thought that uh, that, that wasn't going to work. <laughs> so I tr- And so he goes, like, tell you what, let's go into the advertising. Let's go to the radio station together and buy ads and say, Hey Dan's gonna buy this much. I'm gonna buy this much. Can you cut us like an agency discount or something? Since we're yeah. buying so much, so we got like fifteen. It's a summer. smart idea. Yeah.
0: smart. It was a good deal. And you guys did those ads together, and they were funny. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they were funny. And and uh, and he was right about that. Mm-hmm. They were they're stupid, over the top ads, and people paid attention to them.
2: And then busy. I mean, mm-hmm. we went from that million in revenue, I think, to like next year, two million, five million, ten million. I mean, it's just. Mm-hmm. People loved it because it was real. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. that's yeah. what you And <laughs> and to this day, you still do kind of over the top ads. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I went to more serious again for a little bit because our corporate sales have been skyrocketing. You know, um, but then we decided with the team, you know, let's go back to a little bit funny. I mean, have some fun. Yeah, it works too serious anyway, man. Let's make it fun for people. <laughs> it's interesting to me
0: that uh, you. This is the serious side of you right now, and you are you you are very serious. You're a pretty serious, straight-ahead guy. Uh, and I don't think people see that side of you very much because you're always, you know, we love you! <laughs> and that's what they associate uh, you with. And it's really interesting to see the kind of genuine side of you as well. Um, you have uh, so many other businesses. You have five businesses that you do? Yeah, we have... I have a few different, in addition to here. PC laptops. Yeah. What so PC laptops, which is just which does it just rolls along, right? I mean, it does just
2: what it does, and it's it's great. It's yeah. very solid. It's good. It's continually growing every year, and mm-hmm. everybody in Utah and in Vegas have been just awesome, and a lot of local support. Yeah. Um, so it's it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, we also are one of the largest manufacturers of gaming computers. So if you look at some of these. Um, gaming arenas like in las vegas and around the country we're building a lot of the high performance gaming computers uh, for pro esports mm-hmm. um, so that's that's a very huge thing right now we also build lots of computers for uh medical government military a lot of people don't know this we're one of the largest manufacturers of golf simulators in, in the world mm. so we we produce and medical diagnostic equipment so we we make a lot of interesting things mm-hmm. <laughs> um and, of course, real estate has become has always been in, in my blood a little bit. But, really, that was still a mistake because um, we started buying real estate because, you know, you'd pay rent to your landlord for a store and some of these guys were retiring and they're like, Dan, you want to buy this little strip mall? I'm like, I can't afford this strip mall. They're like, well, I'll finance you. And your payment will be hmm, about what you're paying for rent anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I guess if it's no more money, I'll buy it. They're like, okay. So... We ended up buying a bunch of commercial real estate by mistake over the last couple of decades, and then commercial real estate land prices went up mm-hmm. pretty heavily. So, you know, been pretty lucky,
0: you know, with that. Oh, you? Oh, I see. You you accidentally became a,
2: a commercial real estate. Uh, you you accidentally became very successful. That was weird. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking. I mean, logically, it's the same price. So, I mean, okay. Yes. Yeah. And then something weird happened in 2013, 14. I had a professor from the University of Utah come in. Like He was like a part-time professor. And he wanted to buy like five computers. I don't know, and they were expensive. They were like $5,000 each. And I'm like, Why, what are you doing with these for your class? He goes, yeah, we have a project that we're doing. This is 13. And he's like, uh, it's called Bitcoin. And I'm like, what's Bitcoin? He goes, well, it's this blockchain, blah, blah, blah. Okay, we'll build them for you. He goes, now, one thing I would recommend you do, Dan, here's the design and what you need. And here's the code that you need to put into mine you should set up a couple in your warehouse, get a bunch of these bitcoins and see what happens. And I'm like, okay. So he bought these computers and then I set up a couple of these computers. And so in 2014, we built 4,300 mining rigs and filled the whole warehouse with them in 2014. I remember our electric bill was like $50,000 a month. Uh, It was crazy. and it did really well. Bitcoins went up to like $1,500 from like $5 or something. Uh, and it was crazy. And we were just like, we're rolling in it. And then I I brought in some different people to invest in it and things. And then Bitcoin dropped to $150 mm-hmm. like from 1500 And then everyone was like, I want my money back. So um, a lot of the guys that got involved, I just gave them their money back. And I'm like, just give me your Bitcoins, man. And uh, no, it turned out to be crazy. I don't know. I I
0: understand very little of what you just said. <laughs> when it comes yeah. to Bitcoin, is it's a. Uh, I mean, I hear about it, but it's something that is n- is not clear to me how this all works. You set up mining.
2: I can explain to you very quickly. So okay, I'll give you the quick okay. easy. Okay, yeah. give us a. Dim it down a shade and yeah. let us
0: give us a Bitcoin. So, so I want
2: you to think about it. Bitcoin is basically a giant. Like Ledger. So, you know, like your checking account Ledger, like you show money going in and out, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Transactions. It's like a statement, like a bank statement. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a copy of everybody's bank statement who, who who transacts in Bitcoin, and it's all stored in on everybody's computer, right? Okay. Okay. So that's what it is. There's like 21 million Bitcoins are, that are allowed to be manufactured. So what what happens? You have these computers, and they do mathematical calculations, right? And after a certain amount of work, they spit out a Bitcoin. So a little bit confusing. But why people like it, though, is because everybody has a copy of the record. So it's hard to cheat it, right? It's hard to cheat the system.
0: There are only 21,000 in existence? 21
2: million. Or 21 million. Maximum. Million in existence yeah, right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's, it's not up to 21 million yet. But And that's why it's like, okay, well, there's a finite amount and honesty is there because you have to be able to. You can see what everyone's doing on it, mm-hmm. and that was the whole concept. And of course, you know, emotions came into play, and that's why it went up to like twenty thousand dollars for a moment, you know, because everybody was hyped on it. And then, and then now it's gotten boring, and so now it's down to thirty five hundred, and I don't know, maybe it drops to one hundred and fifty dollars again. How do you, how do you acquire the bitcoins? Uh, the easiest way. There's a website called. Uh, there's many out there, but Coinbase is of when you see on the news, mm-hmm. and Coinbase is like um, it's like a like a brokerage type of thing, you know. And if you think about, it, you just log into it and then you can hit buy, and it takes money out of your checking account, and turns it into it.
0: So I I could go there today, and actually use my real hard-earned dollars, and buy these virtual. It's I would be essentially buying
2: virtual dollars. Virtual dollars now. Here's the thing though remember Bill it it could drop to 0. Mm-hmm. I mean but Warren Buffett and all these guys say that it's the dumbest thing in the in the universe yeah because there's nothing to back
0: because it. Because there's yeah I, but 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 really is there anything to is there really anything to back my hard-earned dollars? There used to be gold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there isn't it's anymore. anymore. It's just what we all agree upon.
1: It's all virtual money, isn't it? It is like the yeah. dollars worth
2: really nothing. Well, it's what you feel. It's what we agree upon. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and so, that's the same thing with this stuff.
0: Yeah, and so I mean, there. I so what I understood about, I guess I do understand Bitcoin, uh, and there there are people who have said that they. Well, uh, what I understand about what I think I know about Bitcoin too is that some people object to it because they they say that it people use it to uh,
2: uh, do illegal
0: transactions
2: people say that but you know what's funny you ever watch you know you google an the internet like drug lord bust mm-hmm. there's always like u.s dollars sitting there in the basement yeah there's, there's not like bitcoins on wallets right. yeah it's there's stacks of cash ben franklin's right yeah, <laughs> right. And, yeah. and gold ak-47s man yeah yeah <laughs> you know
0: yeah el chapo i don't think they didn't he didn't have a pocket full of bitcoin no, he had money a lot of ben franklin right? yeah. yeah yeah it's fascinating uh, It's it's interesting uh uh, it's uh, yeah i think you like like the idea just because it's fascinating to you
2: well here's you know i, I have a podcast called dan's millionaire code mm-hmm. you know, on itunes and everywhere but on this sh- on my show what I, it's kind of my newest thing I, li- I like to share my experience i don't i don't tell people what to buy but to share what's worked for me and i bring in and you were on mm-hmm. yeah um, i bring in people that are superstars in whatever area of their life whether it's financial or healers or influencers people that change the planet and th- these people share their experience to better the world and um, that's been my big thing now and one thing I teach is this for investing is cons- you know it's easy to buy investments when things are hyped like when homes are hot like, you know in real estate's hot Everyone's like I want to buy a new home It's probably the dumbest time to buy right when stock market's skyrocketing, people are like, I want to buy stocks, and when Bitcoin, everything. But the smartest time to buy, I always say, is all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I say uh, a consistent amount of money you're willing to lose every month that, that you set aside to buy, invest in stocks, real estate, cryptocurrency, whatever you're going to do, and be very consistent. Take the emotion out, set a mathematical number, and just let's say it's $50 a month or $100 or 1000 mm-hmm. whatever you got. And just do that every month. You're going to catch the highs. You're going to catch the lows. But this people say, Dan, you're so lucky, man. You're making millions of dollars from everything. And I'm like, yeah, I do, from many things. And I do, because that old guy at Radio Shack said, just take a couple hundred dollars a month. Start now. Mm -hmm. I mean, now's a better time than never. And just do a little bit, man. Like, don't freak yourself out. Do a little. And the best time to buy, obviously, it's easy to say this, is when there's fear, right? Everyone can say that, but... But try being scared and buying something. Yeah, and that's why I say that regiment, whether it's you're courageous or fearful, don't overextend. You know, mm-hmm. and that that seems to be at least one of the the biggest, most common pieces of advice coming from billionaires that I've interviewed and millionaires that are you know and worth hundreds of millions is still that consistency.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's what people who uh, you know, they say, you, well, if you want to put your money in the stock market, that's what the, the uh, mutual funds and uh, the, the, uh, the, the you know, the, I don't even know what you call them, and I have money in them, <laughs> uh, uh, the bonds that you buy, the you know, the mutual funds, I guess, mm-hmm. where you buy a, a, a it, you, you have a little piece of a whole bunch of different stocks, mm-hmm. and they all perform kind of differently, but you have l- just a small portion of each one of them. Because they'll all perform differently, but the whole fund is what, you know, performs. And, you know, you, and they'll go up and they'll go down. You just stick it out for the long run. Mm-hmm. And hopefully you're with one that performs well through
2: the long haul and don't get panicky. I get really worried, though, for friends sometimes because they just trust the 401k or whatever their work provides them and says, "Yeah, they're just going to take care of me. But a lot of companies, a lot of people don't realize a lot of companies, they have these money managers, and they make a percentage every year, a big, and they take this, and you don't know it. There's also investments that have, you know, a thing called a load. Mm -hmm. So when you put money in, it's called a front-end load. They take a couple percent of your money as a commission. And then when you sell, they take another few percent, and then every year they take another percent or two. So literally they're like little vampires sucking the life out of you, mm-hmm. and you never knew this. And the way to figure that out is to make sure you do understand what you're putting your money into. It, I mean, it doesn't mean you need to be a financial expert, but read, 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 you know? Mm-hmm. Study, study, study. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's,
0: um, it's it, is, it is hard to do though. Money, for somebody like you, money is, it just comes naturally to you to understand it, I think you just sort of get it for somebody like me
2: i don't get it well i want you to think about this though i i i I am very i'm a very slow learner (laughs) i mean algebra five times right six times almost (laughs) right the thing about is like i force myself to learn and now with like google right Mm. like you just watch youtube videos for a weekend like and anybody can become an expert on all the terms of how you know the stock market works or how real estate works or how a profit and loss statement works. And and this is stuff that, I mean, one weekend can make you like smarter than 90% of people a few decades ago that didn't have the internet yeah. went to school for for eight years. Mm-hmm. I mean. Do you yeah. have, do you have uh,
0: predictions about how do you think things are going to go uh, with the economy right now?
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, my crystal ball is broken, but if it were functioning, hmm I would say that real estate's pretty hot right now, and it's gonna cool pretty fast. Mm-hmm. And Bill, we've been around for a while, and we've seen all the cycles where everyone's like, oh, mm-hmm. Sugar House is hot, buy, 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 and then people bought the high, and then it dropped in half, and mm-hmm. then people were dumping it and losing their homes right now. Yeah. Um, so I would say that everything is probably gonna cool fairly quickly. Um, but that shouldn't be a time of fear. A few, but But a few things are gonna happen. Remember back in 2008 and Mm nine, and then you remember like Y2K time and Mm -hmm. all this stuff. We go, we go back. Yeah, you remember the 90s, right? Mm -hmm. And the 80s. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is the same cycle. Like, so this is why people should simply talk to folks who've been alive for a few, you know, many decades and say, okay, what happened? How did you feel? How did you deal with it? And I think most guys are gonna and girls are gonna say that have been around for while Are gonna say, um, it's the same cycle every decade eight years to 15 I don't know eight to 15 years I think um, stock market will have adjustment housing will have adjustment Um, interesting to see what interest rates will do because inevitably they'll rise Mm -hmm. and if they rise that's gonna make money very expensive which makes property go down significantly Mm -hmm. people can't afford homes though because their incomes go down because when the economy goes tough companies cut payrolls and lay off people and cut pay And people attrition. I mean, literally, if we remember back to 2008, 2009, um, salary, people were getting laid off. And when they got rehired on, they were getting paid half. Yep. And they were grateful for just having a job, Mm -hmm. you know. So this same story has repeated itself through thousands of years. And how people can be prepared for that is what the old guy told me at Radio Shack. Constantly invest. Um, And another thing, I posted it on my Facebook page Rent, if you can drive it or if it flies, <laughs> rent it. Um, some people have this big idea of you know buying some extravagant car, plane, toys, four wheelers. Mm-hmm. Gosh, that stuff! You know, a thousand dollars spent on something nowadays, something as small as a thousand dollars. I always say, if you bought the new iPhone for a thousand dollars, twenty in twenty years from now, thousand dollars that phone probably cost you tw- like twenty grand. Mm. Uh, for that $1,000 iPhone now, because you take that money compounding it, let's say, 8 to 10% a year, and then some bigger bumps on that. And by the time you're retired, that was a $20,000 iPhone, man. Yeah. Um, or, what I say, $500 latte, you know? <laughs> I mean, it doesn't mean don't enjoy life, but consistently invest. I, it's a good time for people to go over their budgets now and cut out all those really dumb subscriptions. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, uh, you mean like... Uh,
0: uh... Well, I th- I think I do because I keep meaning to cut my uh, um, uh, subscription to uh, Xfinity or not Xfinity um, uh, XM satellite radio. That's uh, I gotta I gotta cut that out.
2: Go through your bank statement mm-hmm. and kill like cut down your Netflix or whatever, mm-hmm. or share it with your family. Or whatever yeah. they're allowed to. Yeah. I mean your Spotify, your iTunes. Yeah. Sus- there mean, are cu-
0: there are a few things like that I I, I do uh, that I sh- I get. and it's just like eight, the bucks life here, out of you. eight bucks here, eight bucks here. 10 bucks here, 12 bucks there. I've got a bunch of those that I keep meaning to cut out.
2: It's funny, um, if you Google a little bit investment calculator, take all those subscriptions that you have, and let's say you end up with an extra $200 a month, mm-hmm. and punch that in a calculator earning 8% a year over 20 years and see how much money yep. you have. You have hundreds of thousands mm-hmm. of dollars. Mm-hmm. And that's money that doesn't really do anything. I
0: have this really <laughs> cool uh, uh, program that uh, I wonder if you know about this. What's it called? I want to see I think It's called A acorn mm-hmm. that i just put it on my my bank account and it every uh week it just kind of sca- goes through my my checking account my you know and it uh, takes a little bit out mm-hmm. here and there like 12 cents here 10 cents here 12 cents there and it puts it in a savings for me
2: yeah and and, uh, I'm familiar and with it.
0: yeah and it just uh, then at the end of the the month it says hey look we've just put this into a rainy day fund for you Mm-hmm. And I've got like eight thousand dollars in a rainy day fund that, wow. you know, it just it just does it automatically, and, and
2: I, it's I think that's I think it's called Acorn. So that's that's something that my son showed me that. And he goes, Dad, I got a few grand saving, mm-hmm. and I and I was always devil's advocate. I'm like, it's probably good because you're saving. And he's like, okay, Dad. Well, what's wrong with it now? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how much are they charging a year to manage your? Money? I don't
0: think they charge. I don't think they charge anything. Mm-hmm.
2: How much are they siphoning on transaction? And that's an important thing just to know because they got to make money somehow. Yeah. And I don't know. And I tell my son it may be good, it may not be, but just educate on yeah. any app, anything, any program. Any, you know. Yeah, they
0: place. don't. I don't. I don't believe they charge anything for it.
2: If it's zero, then. it's-
0: Yeah, they don't. And I'm. And I can't remember how they make money. They do make money, but they don't charge for that. Wow, that could be good. They though. don't take a percentage. Wow. They must Mm -hmm. somehow, that money, they do make money.
2: And
1: you're paying like a subscription. You pay once a year for them to do this, like one yearly fee, Hmm. something like that.
2: Mm -hmm. I can't remember. I'll have to look. Some of these apps have different buckets. So they'll be like aggressive, medium, technology, real estate. But what you'll find is when they buy all those stocks in that bucket, there's an administration fee Mm -hmm. that's in the prospective that's in such fine print you would need you know microscope, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and and they just kind of like they're siphoning, you know, mm-hmm. just be careful, I mean I don't you know yeah, as long as you're do saving it's good, though.
0: let me ask you this, do you gamble you have no. a store you have a store in Las Vegas,
2: mm-hmm. you go there fairly
0: often, i i would assume do you yeah. do
2: you ever gamble uh very rarely, I mean, I think uh I always put whenever I go and I go maybe every three months or something, mm-hmm. I'll take like fifty bucks. And play like mega bucks or something like that. Like a machine, know? yeah. Mm-hmm. Just one of these machines, just for fun, and you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, but no serious gambling. I think I think that's about it. There's yeah, the- I was. I just wondered, you know,
0: because some people who are good at investing, they're also fairly good
2: at playing, you know, games of chance. I've noticed. But it's probably a dumb thing for me to do that because I'm mm-hmm. thinking about statistically, if I took a hundred times that I've done that, I've probably only won like five times yeah so that's not i mean i don't i don't gamble
0: it makes i don't like it because i just it makes me too nervous i can't do it i just it's very
2: stressful
1: yeah
0: it's yeah. too stressful don't, don't take do that it. habit on yeah no i don't i, I don't do it I, huh. I can't i can't do it uh yeah, pc laptops um of course the main business you're known for um when you walk into a store People always, they, they, it, 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 they still do it, I assume. I haven't been in for a while, but they still, everybody goes, hey, hello, or whatever. They always yeah. always do it. That's your, you, you you want them to do it every time. They greet you when you walk in, right? hmm They greet you. And uh, they always say, I love you.
2: We we love you. People, you always say that, right? Yeah. And, they, you know, they I teach everyone, they have to mean it. I mean, really, you have to look at people like you really want to help, and people can feel it. You know, but this, this, that's probably, you know, with, with the internet now, you see so many ads on the internet, so many companies going online and everyone's like, oh, it's going to wipe out retail. Mm-hmm. I think this is the biggest opportunity in retail for any business right now than any time in our history. And this is why things are getting automated, right? You can go to Amazon and just click it, click anywhere, right? Right. But as long as you're selling to humans, humans need love and care. So whether, you know, someone's selling a car, a computer, a phone, or whatever, you're selling a restaurant, that human interaction and caring makes you want to go there. Like, we just got this coffee at, what's it called? What's it? Pub- public public coffee? coffee House. Public coffee. coffee House. Mm-hmm. And the lady working there was so nice. She was. She's mm-hmm. like, let me, I go, I need lots of caffeine. She's like, well, let me offer you this caffeine. Mm-hmm. And now, if that was a robot, I mean... I don't care that the cup. I I literally probably would have paid another two dollars for this cup mm-hmm. because the human being like cared. Mm-hmm. Like, it makes you feel good because yeah. we're humans. Yeah, you know. And until we are cloned and turned into the Borg or something, mm-hmm. we're gonna need that. Yeah. So,
1: I want to ask you. Uh, and this is the question everybody's always asked you. So I'm sure you have an answer. But um, so I just started this business, a couple of businesses. Oh yeah. Um, what what is your advice for people who just started? A business do you have you know
2: Oh, well, I can give you well let me give you like the two-minute one yep okay all right let me give you the wisdom here let's see if you're just starting a business um, make sure that you have mentors so people so like find out who like the most amazing podcast Jedi is in the universe and establish some sort of rapport and there's probably a whole bunch of them but pick like the top three kind of like I did with the best sales guys right Mm-hmm. And talk to those guys and ask them, hey, I'm going into this podcast business. Can you give me any advice? And, and people that are good people, they're not going to be all secretive typically. They're going to give you sound advice of how that business works. Okay. I can't tell you how important that is. And you have to offer some sort of value for those people. And so like some of my mentors are billionaires and like what, they don't need money from me, but they can use someone to talk to when they're having marital problems mm. or problems with their kids or need advice or something to cry on, mm. you know, shoulder to cry on. You'd be that person, right? Now on an actual practical level, I would say make sure that you have um, a, you know, an Excel spreadsheet. We're going to math here. I know this is a pain <laughs> in the uh, uh, <laughs> But you have to write down all your income coming into your business and all your expenses on a sheet, okay? So all, all those things every month. And that turns out to be a, what they call a profit and loss statement. It's a pain, but you have to do it because you don't want to be blindsided at the end of, end of the month. And they say, uh, who was it that the, uh, they say that uh, it, was, it was a weird religious thing. I don't remember who he said. I think it was like Is, the Israeli army said or something when they're, but it was like, God tends to be inside of the army with the most ammunition and largest artillery. <laughs> yeah. That's just how history goes. Yeah. If your business runs out of money and you can't pay your rent or your people, it's, it's not going to happen. You got to be prepared for tough times. But if you have that profit and loss statement, how much money is coming in, how much is going out, okay, that's important. Also, you don't want to be cheap, but you don't want to be wasteful. So if you're a business, obviously, you need the right equipment and mics. looks like you have some nice, nice mics here and equipment to be able to put a quality product out. Mm-hmm. But a lot of companies will get romantic, and they'll be like, well, we need to have yeah. Italian leather chairs. And it's like, how is that going to help? You know. Just don't get wasteful with that. But more importantly is a process template. And what does that mean? This is a pain to do, but you got to do it. You got to write down an instruction manual of how your business runs correctly. So you're gonna write down daily. Okay, this is how Monday rolls. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, weekends. Mm -hmm. This is a checklist of what needs to get done. Office clean, mics polished, sound set correctly, payroll going out. You have to have an operation systems checklist because quality is the lack of variance. That was taught by W. Edwards Deming, the guy who turned Toyota around. Quality is the lack? Of variance. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So let me tell you. So this coffee house, uh, what's it called again? Pe- people's, public, 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 something like that. Publ- Publ- public, public is cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what's the difference between public and Starbucks? Probably not the qual, the taste of the coffee, but Starbucks has better quality coffee because the reason there is their processes are when you order a espresso, if you go to a thousand different Starbucks. It's going to come out pretty close to the same without variance because mm-hmm. their process does that. You know exactly what you're going to get. That's what people want. This is why people eat McDonald's almost more than anything and breaking and stuff, right? Yeah, right. They, they know exactly what they're going to get. And the food's crap. It's not good for you, but at least you know you're getting crap continuously. Mm-hmm. You know the crap you're going to get. Right. Right? That's the thing. And that's why most businesses don't scale. And they, they you end up creating a job for yourself. you are working $100 a week. But if you want to scale, you create these processes. Why? Because then you can start hiring people, give them this manual, and at first you're the guy that makes sure they're just following the process, but then pretty soon you fire you you hire a task kind of a manager, and he makes everyone do that, and doesn't mean you don't spot check, but you spot check less because you have someone to manage that, and that's how you get rich through time and like growing your business, you know there you go, yeah, thank you
0: <laughs> That's pretty simple, yeah, I'll yeah. let you know how it goes. Have you yeah. done any of that?
1: Yeah. We have a computer program we just got that does that. Should I actually write it down? I think the computer program does it.
2: Uh, If the computer, as long as it's being tracked and you have that again, Mm
1: -hmm. I'm lucky that I I have a business partner who's very much into making charts and graphs and keeping track of things.
2: If it's written, it's not real. But I've heard a lot of nightmare stories where people say, gosh, my business partner screwed me so hard. He was my best friend. You should know all of it. Educate them. yourself. Yeah. Look at the books. You should have access to all the bank statements. Log it in and make sure someone's not mm. tipping themselves, right. paying themselves, weird things. Mm. Uh, don't let anything surprise I mean, you want to you be an optimist, but if, if anyone is secretive, like business partners or anything like that, like sunlight is the best disinfectant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you got to know how it works. And a lot of times people will say like, I don't need to understand this because I'm a CEO. I can't tell you how much money I've lost because I didn't understand it. And then when I looked into it, I lifted up that rock. There was steaming poo under there. Uh oh! And I yeah. thought people had had it handled. It, it, it cost me like million dollars or something. I'm like, oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, lesson learned. That's 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 a key. Yeah. You've
0: but, you've had a few million dollar lessons, have you?
2: A lot. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> if you don't take risks, you don't win. But yeah, these these lessons. They're meant to happen. A lot of them could have been avoided if I had listened to my mentors more. We're, we're a little less cocky. and But mm-hmm. through age now, you know, as you get older, we we have less time. And time is the only thing you, you, you can't replicate. So uh, you can't make more of, right? Mm-hmm. So you can take some of that experience and be more efficient with how you swing that sword, even though you're not brute forcing it. Yeah. You can be darn accurate and, and make some... Listen, clear. I have the perfect example of that. I, uh, this was years ago, but I used to play racquetball a
0: lot. And I was a young hockey racquetball player in my late 20s. And there was this uh, guy at the, uh, at the court up in Ogden. His name was Norm Skanky. And he was 70 years old. Wow. And he was a racquetball champion. And Norm didn't move around the court a lot. But Norm knew where to place the ball playing racquetball and norm would say i'll spot you 15 points you know and you play to 21 i'll spot you 15 points and we'll play and i'd say okay and norm would beat me every time because norm he didn't move around the court a lot but he knew right where to put the ball and and he could beat you every time he wasn't he wasn't the most active but he was smart and knew how to swing the racket knew where to put it that's a great story Yeah. yeah very true yeah. He was an expert. Uh, pleasure, Dan. Thank you. It was really nice talking to you. Very, very great talking to you guys. Thank yeah. you. Uh, Dan Young, PC laptops and and uh, Bitcoin miner, <laughs> apparently, <laughs> and uh, a lot of other stuff. And uh, I'd really like, it'd be really cool to meet your dad sometime. Yeah. I, I thought, oh, man, what a story there. Yeah. Uh, he loves to eat. Yeah. Uh, oh, does it? that man can eat more where is, than me? Where is, he's so tiny? I mean, at least in the picture I saw, I mean, just a little guy, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, but that man, he can eat five times more than me. Yeah, uh, and uh, he, you, has he ever told his story? You know, someplace where it's in a recorded fashion, and he's got a great story to tell.
2: Yeah, he, he, he really hasn't. Um, sometimes he gets a little bit. He's eighty, you know, eight, so he gets a little bit forgetful. Um, but you know, if you hold his hand, he'd probably be happy to tell you. You ought to get it. You
0: ought to get that story down. Make yeah. sure that it's preserved somewhere and have have that story preserved because it's a good one. Uh, pleasure to talk to you, Dan. PC laptops, uh, uh, and just don't be a stranger, and we'll talk again sometime. Plug your podcast. Oh,
2: Dan's Millionaire Code on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, everywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, that's it. Thanks, right. Dylan. Thanks, uh-huh. guys. Thanks Thank for hosting the show. And
0: uh, that's it. I'm Bill Allred. Remember, if you're pouring the drinks, always make mine a double.